Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It's, well, it's nice to be back on the air again doing the show, but the circumstance is not quite, uh, not quite what we were hoping for in today's game in any stretch of the imagination. But it's in a lot of ways classic Minnesota sports. You get your hopes up, you get confident, you start believing in the team. And then somebody, whether they're good or bad, rolls into your house and whoops your you-know-what with a 30-13 to victory. And of course, the hated Green Bay Packers were the team to get that done today. So not only are the Vikings no longer in sole possession of first place, but the Green Bay Packers hold the tiebreaker. And with the fact that they won in TCF Bank Stadium, uh, I mean, it just, it doesn't end the Vikings' chances of winning the division, but it sure, (laughs) sure puts a a damper on it in the biggest way. I mean, it makes it, well, I'm not going to say virtually impossible, but it makes it awfully hard. Right when you thought the Green Bay Packers were ready to implode, right when you thought they weren't getting along, and this was the year they were going to just explode, and, this, and the Vikings had a chance to just take off with this division. Eight and two, Packers are six and four. What a difference just a couple hours can make in your season. And it's once again the case this season with the Green, with this time the Green Bay Packers. I mean, how many times have they rolled in into our house and, and done this? I mean, I can go all the way back to 2000 when the Green Bay Packers were... In second place, the Vikings were in first. They had a really strong lead in the division, a stranglehold. They had a nice young rookie quarterback named Dante Culpepper at the time. We were ready to bury that Packers team, and they rolled into the Metrodome and kicked our butts. And it was like, what what, what just happened here? And that's kind of similar to what happened today, though. Uh, let's just say this one's a little bit more emotional <laughs> with questionable calls or non-calls by the referees time and time again, particularly in the first half. In fact, most of it was in the first half, but then again, most of you will say it drove into the second half. It was just a little bit quieter. Um, that first half really buried this football team, though. I mean, you, you cannot go in to halftime trailing 16-6 to at home against the hated Green Bay Packers, who, yeah, breaking news as it happens, they, they have the Vikings number. Without a doubt, they have the Vikings number. I heard a little chuckle in the background. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, they, they do, and it's unfortunate. I don't enjoy it at all. I don't think anybody does. You're going to hear a lot of rants once we get to the, uh, the fan interaction, but you're going to hear some rants from me now because it's this is my show now. You know, you, you guys don't get to come until segment number three, so, nah, that, that's just how it goes. It's like, where do you begin with this? Like, what, what do you want to talk about? There, there's like a million topics here you could get to. But there's only so much time allotted to do a show, isn't there? Now, really, there's no limit to how long a podcast can be. I mean, you got the Intellivisionaries podcast, which goes on for six hours. But, of course, they record it over several different days and piece it together in a beautiful, uh, beautifully done production. But this is a football show where it's like a game-by-game type of situation. I don't think you're looking forward to a six-hour show or even a two-hour show. This may eclipse the one hour, uh, go past one hour though, don't be too surprised, just like last week went to an hour and 15 with the excitement and the anticipation of the Green Day Packers coming into TCF Bank Stadium. What an excitement it truly was. So exciting. And it's just, we're confident in everything and I was hoping, you know, the clutch ability of this football team that they showed this year, that things were different this time. And you have a better coach and yes, we do have a better coach, there's no denying that. You have a competent quarterback, and you know what? He was competent today. Damn it. He was not 
he was not Christian Ponder getting us slaughtered 41 to nothing or whatever it was in Green Bay. I don't even want to remember it. I kind of erased that from my mind because it's just, let's just say it's not important. Uh, uh, he was competent out there, <clears throat> but he was also getting the crap beat out of him. He was left. He he was literally left for dead. He was he was hung out to dry the entire game. I think we have a pretty good idea where the Christian Ponder Memorial is going to wind up today, and it's probably not going to be just one guy. No, it's probably not. It uh, again. It's like where do you go from this one? I mean. My fear coming into this was the possibility the Green Bay Packers would unload. This would be the week. You know, I, I didn't want to be that team where the Packers woke up and they unloaded on a team. But of course it was us. Of course. But they did get help from the Zebras. And we all know what Zebras are. They're the referees. Particularly in the first half, which set the tone for the second half when things just kind of slowly but surely snowballed into what they became in that fourth quarter. Just an absolute devastation. Frustration, all the above. So let's kind of sort of get started on this one. Ultimately, it's going to be an emotion show. It's not going to be as much of like what I like to do, where I'm like telling a story, painting a picture. But then again, I guess I will be painting a picture over the course of this one because the Packers got every bounce of the ball, particularly in that first half. And again, like I keep saying, I keep reiterating, it set the tone. For the second, for the second half, and ultimately for the final result of thirty to thirteen, just an absolute joke, an absolute frustration, and ultimately the title of this episode is "Ripped Off" because I felt ripped off. I mean, this is my this is a Sunday. We're all you know we're, we're all looking forward to watching the Vikings and Packers in TCF Bank Stadium, and I felt we got ripped off today. And I'd like to get my Sunday back. I wish I could press the rewind button and erase this and just start Sunday over. And just pretend the game never happened because, you know, it's just like a bad dream. You just want to wake up from it. It seemed like right out of the gate, the Vikings could not get anything, could not get anywhere because Teddy Bridgewater was on his back. But then again, I suppose late in that first quarter, things looked a little bit positive. It looked like there was a chance here after the Vikings were able to stop uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers into only a field goal, which was, well, thank God for that. I mean, they, they easily could have had a touchdown there, but there were some miscues by Green Bay. They couldn't complete certain passes. They were they were missing on routes and such. But then a wonderful pass from Teddy Bridgewater, literally right on the money, where only Kyle Rudolph can get it. And the next thing you know, he's wide open for 47 total yards for a touchdown. And that's a guy that really, really was deserving of the Christian Ponder Memorial last week to go along with Andrew and Sandejo. But ultimately... <laughs> He really stepped up to the plate today, and congratulations to him after dropping that gimme touchdown last week. Just a huge day for Kyle Rudolph, who ultimately wound up with six catches and 106 yards, and of course that 47-yard catch and go. An absolute beauty by Teddy Bridgewater. But ultimately, it seemed like any time the Vikings had anything going, somebody would drop a pass or there was no completion, or there was a penalty. Anytime something would go right, there's a holding call on an offensive line. Is it is it Matt Khalil, or is it or is it Clemmings, or is it Fusco? Whatever it is, there was some type of penalty one way or another. And every time the Packers had the ball, there was a penalty on the Vikings for de- defensive holding or pass interference. It was just one thing after another. And of course, oh, a late hit on, on Aaron Rodgers, where basically Linval Joseph basically tapped him with his hand that's basically what he did, and they call they call they call a roughing the passer play. Just 
off the charts ridiculous. The entire game. One play after another, you see, see a flag on the ground, and it was something against the Vikings, and you heard that same hick voice from the same referee who we've seen for many years, who constantly seems to, it just always seems like he's on the other team's side. And the whole game, it felt like the NFL was on the Packers' side, didn't it? I, I, it's like, you don't want to believe that, but it sure felt that way throughout the whole game, and that's another reason why I feel we were ripped off today. I mean, you show up to the game with all this excitement, all this anticipation, and then it seemed like every single play call went the Packers' way, no matter what it was. Yes, there were dumb penalties, but some, but there were penalties that were not called against the Packers. There were holds one after another. There were late hits. There were just one thing after another. Uh, one of the Packers defenders punched uh, Adrian Peterson on the ground. Nothing was called. Uh, Green Bay Packers uh, with a sack spikes the ball. Nothing's called. So what's the deal here? I mean, there were a, there were as many non-calls against Green Bay as there were calls against the Vikings. It's just it's just an off-the-charts frustration for everybody across the Great Divide. That's it for this Minnesota Vikings team. Ultimately, Aaron Rodgers. No matter what, no matter what happened, though, no matter how good the Vikings' defense would look, there'd always be some miraculous play when it's three and thirteen. He'd hoist the ball up. James Jones comes down with it. Oh, he'd bobble it, but then he'd wind up with the catch anyway. And of course, here we go again. Another Mason Crosby field goal. And no matter if it's windy out, if it's cold out, no matter what it was, Mason Crosby was like when uh, he's basically Blair Walsh in a Green Bay jersey where he'll struggle, he'll miss three or four kicks in a row, and the next thing you know, he'll make like 15 in a row. And guess what? We were a part of his 15 in a row today when he made all five of them, including a 52-yarder late in the game. But yeah, who cares about that? That was just kind of, <laughs> that was just polishing off the polishing off the, the beautiful picture the Packers painted on our field, football field. There was a lot of yellow in that paint, though, unfortunately, and we know what that means. <sighs> Late in that second quarter, it looked like the Vikings were completely dead, and basically I basically was thinking that they weren't going to win the, at that point. When Teddy Bridgewater went down, which was a, a shoulder injury, I was wondering, was it a hand or what was it? But ultimately it was a shoulder injury as he was uh, just smeared into the turf. Obviously, the turf is going to be harder today than it is on other days because it's been below freezing consistently of late. We, we know what happened to Brett Favre years ago with the concussion, though I think they, they have things fixed up a little bit compared to about five years ago now, or is it six years? No, five years ago, 2010. I don't want to remember that year either. Um, ultimately, though, when you saw Sean Hill in there, it's like this game is completely over. There's just no way the Vikings are going to win this game because you know who the Packers are. You just knew who they are. It's the same story every single time, pretty much, for the last 20-some years. They're the spoiled, rotten little bullies that come in. <laughs> they get their way no matter what it is. No matter what it is. A call or some miraculous play or, okay, gosh darn it, they're better than us. Well, okay, I'm glad they're better than us because I, I guess they are. And it showed today in a lot of ways. But at the same time, don't you, don't you, don't you just hate seeing it? And don't you just hate hearing the Packer fans... As many as there are in that stadium every single year, no matter where we are in the Metrodome, TCF Bank Stadium, or U.S. Bank Stadium coming up, you're going to hear a lot of noise, a lot of racket every single time a little small thing goes wrong for the Vikings or a big thing goes wrong for the Vikings. You're going to hear the same loud cheering, and it's not even really a home game, and you'll hear from a lot of that in the uh, fan interaction. It may seem like I'm going in circles right now, but... How could I not be going in circles? I mean, the game is just kind of going in circles right now. It's like a dryer or a washer right now. I mean, it's basically what it is. 
Not much real positivity that came out of this game, other than Teddy Bridgewater was was pretty sharp. He wasn't a star out there or anything, but he was he was awfully sharp. Completing it was eighty percent early on. Ultimately, wound up with thirty seven attempts, twenty five completions. Well, I should have said it the other way around, but almost seventy percent. Hundred and uh, no, it's giving two hundred ninety six yards. But of course, about a hundred, uh, about eighty of that or so is like you could call it garbage time when the Vikings were kind of padding stats late in the game. So Bridgewater's numbers, well, they were close, uh, at least the completion percentage, and the, the quarterback rating is about correct, despite the stat padding, but of course the yards, you know, they look a little bit sexier than what he wound up with. See, Aaron Rodgers' completion percentage was under 50%, because there were a lot of miscues. It wasn't necessarily because he was throwing incomplete passes, but it's the reason the Packers have been struggling the past several weeks was the miscues, and you hoped and prayed to God that that was going to come back and haunt the Packers, and they were going to lose the football game. That's ultimately what cost the Packers the game against the Seattle Seahawks last season in the NFC Championship game. Otherwise, Green Bay would have got beat by New England. (laughs) Wink, wink. So I would have liked that probably almost more. I mean, then Seattle didn't get to go to the Super Bowl. But okay, either way, it was nice to see Seattle lose and Green Bay lose. So yeah, last season ended extremely positively for me. There's only one other scenario that would have been better. And I mean that with full sincerity. There's only one other scenario that would have been better. And that's obviously... You can pretty much fill in the blank there, or read between the lines there. The offensive line today, can I just say this straight out? Because, well, no, uh, of course I can, because all of you are saying it. They flat out sucked. Without a doubt, they flat out sucked. And along with the referees, you could say, with all these horrible calls that were setting, (laughs) setting the tone for the whole game, from pretty much the first quarter all the way to the early in the fourth quarter, non-calls. It was more non-calls later than it was just calls on the Vikings, but non-calls against Green Bay later on. Um, But the offensive line really set the tone today as well. And yes, I will credit the Green Bay Packers defense, but it pisses me off when they get lit up by teams like, not not like Detroit, but other teams earlier in the season. I'm kind of blanking on it. (laughs) But ultimately, when when they get beat, when they give up a lot of points earlier in the season... And they're really not necessarily known for their defense being all spectacular. Um, yeah, I mean, they they got lit up by Carolina. That's 37 points. They got beat by Denver, 29. Um, they gave up 23 points to Chicago, 28 points to Kansas City. It's not a terrible defense. It never really was. But it's classic how they always look unbelievably good against the Minnesota Vikings. There's always an awesome pass rush. And they're always in the backfield when Adrian has the ball. And he's always getting tackled for a loss. Or he's getting a one or two yard gain. They always seem to play ten times better when they play against the Vikings. And it's frustrating. Yes, they they, they earned their victory today. But the offensive line certainly didn't do the Vikings any favors. They did the Green Bay Packers a lot of favors today. Without a doubt. To me, the offensive line is the most frustrating aspect of this team. It's the it's really been a situation that has plagued this team at least since 2009. And I remember people were scared to death when Brett Favre came in, like, uh-oh, is this offensive line going to get him killed? And, <laughs> I mean, you could go back even further, all the way back to 2001, August 2001, and what happened with Corey Stringer. It, it could go all the way back that far. Though it had some promising seasons here and there, but the last couple, three or four years though, holy moly, has it been an unbelievable frustration. And Matt Khalil had about a thousand penalties called against him in this game. He was beaten badly time and time again. And okay, he has a toe injury. And last year he had a knee injury type of situation. And here's the thing. 
yeah, I understand the guy is playing hurt and such, but if it affects his game that much, maybe he shouldn't be in there. If he's just going to go out there and get us killed, maybe he shouldn't be in there. How about you sit him down and let him heal up for a week or two? Or last year, maybe he shouldn't have been playing the second half of the season because he was completely pathetic. He got he got the Bridgewater and Matt Castle killed the whole year last year, and Matt Castle and such the year before. The guy's been a huge frustration, huge disappointment. When Whenever he gets hurt, he's pretty much useless out there, and that's what took place throughout the entire game. And the rest of the offensive line, again, did not do um, <clears throat> Teddy Bridgewater any favors today. Almost got him hurt again. He was sacked six times in the game, but it felt like 60. I mean, it was time and time again the guy was on the was on his back. Dantone Jones was the guy that spiked the ball after his second sack on Teddy Bridgewater. Ultimately, and yeah, there were six sacks today. Ha, Clinton Dix was able to get a sack as he rushed Mr. Teddy Bridgewater. On a play where Bridgewater didn't even see him. Luckily, that wasn't during one of the injuries. I can't remember which player it was when, I believe it was Mike Daniels, when uh, Bridgewater hurt his shoulder, but luckily came back in. That was nice. We appreciate that. Ultimately, the running game, again, a huge a huge victim of the, of the, uh, the horrible uh, offensive line play, the horrible blocking throughout the game. As Adrian Peterson only wound up with 45 yards, and it, it felt like even less than that, ultimately. Uh, 3.5 a carry, that's not the worst ever, but the Vikings basically had to give up on the rush because they were trailing the whole game. The other side, though, when you talk about the running game, the Vikings couldn't tackle Eddie Lacy for their lives. They couldn't tackle Eddie Lacy at all the whole game. He'd struggled the whole season, and of course, he probably listened to Pro Mafia. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Where I was talking about how he'd basically been a non-factor. And James Starks is now, I guess, the starter for the time being. But the whole game, it was like the handoff to Eddie Lacy. And it was eight yards later. It was like seven, eight yards later. And in and, and a lot of ways, you can compare this week's Green Bay Packers team to the Minnesota Vikings against the Oakland Raiders last week. With the way, <laughs> with the, way the passing game was more than good enough, ultimately. And <clears throat> the running game was extremely solid. Ultimately, how it's just Eddie Lacy just kept going forward, kept going forward, kept going forward, time and time again, and there's no stopping him. And when you're in a situation like that, you're, there's no way you're going to lose the game. And that's what Adrian Peterson did to the uh, Oakland Raiders last week before he had that 80-yard run, which ultimately that's what made his stats in the 200 range versus 120-ish. Oh, man. You could just totally tell early in the second half, the Vikings were not going to win the football game because they could not get even. They they couldn't even get a first down, or they get maybe one, and then it's time to punt again. And then here come the Packers slicing through the Vikings defense. Oh, he made a nice stop, but Mason Crosby made the field goal, and then it happened again, exactly the same. Cut through the Vikings defense. Oh, nice stop, but Mason Crosby made the field goal, and the Vikings were not adding to their score. Funny how that works. It's just like using a credit card at Macy's. It kind of adds up after a little while, doesn't it? <laughs> you don't pay off your bill, but you keep adding to it. And you don't pay it off, and you keep adding to it. That's what happened to the Vikings. They were in a lot of debt today out on the football field. And that's <clears throat> pretty much the story of the game, ultimately. Now, Teddy Bridgewater on his feet, he was absolutely fantastic <laughs> throughout, the, throughout the game. He was he was uh, doing the best he could, anyway. I mean, he wound up with 43 yards. That 18-yarder was fantastic, though, how he just rushed forward. This was, of course, after the shoulder injury. It gave us hope. It's just, he rushed forward, he even dived. 
as he kept going forward got, uh, for an 18-yard run. It was pretty awesome to see. That's a guy who played fearlessly today, and I give him a hell of a lot of credit, despite the fact that, <laughs> despite the fact he was pretty much under fire the whole game. One other final thing on the Viking side of things is, is the whole Mike Wallace and Teddy Bridgewater. There's just nothing. There's just nothing there. It's never going to happen. It's just never going to happen. If it's wind, okay, one week it's wind. The next week, Bridgewater's overthrowing him. The next week, Mike Wallace misread the play. The week after that, Mike Wallace didn't run fast enough or he gave up on the on the, on the the route. This time, he overthrew Mike Wallace. That would have been an absolute gimme touchdown once again. Another 60 to 80-yard touchdown. Maybe, maybe they'll complete it once, but this is a week 11, which was mentioned on one of the local shows. Week 11, and they're still unable to connect on a great play. Uh, ultimately, Mike Wallace wound up with one rush in the game. One rush early on, and I was thinking, well, if you can't complete a pass to Mike Wallace, you might as well just hand it off to him. And that was Mike Wallace today. He uh, rushed for six yards. That's it. He was thrown through twice. First one was dropped. Second one was just not completed. It was overthrown. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, Just a flat-out whatever. Um, The Vikings defense certainly not overall as good as it it has been. and it, It really wasn't. And again, like the referees certainly didn't help throughout the game. Snake bit. Captain Munnerlin was flagged on just a lame one. Terrence Newman again. Absolutely just snake bit today. Didn't play the best game, certainly. He certainly wasn't as valuable as last week. But you gotta say he was snake bit by a lot of those calls. Anthony Barr was nailed with one that ended up costing the Vikings late as well. Anderson Deho, well, he makes tackles, but but yeah, but the guy caught it first. <laughs> That's about the story of Anderson Deho. He, he could get 700 tackles, but he gave up 900 yards to get there. Basically, Eric Kendricks, wonderful to have him back, but unfortunately it just didn't end up being his day. Lindvall Joseph was absolutely fantastic. I would say he was abs- he was without a doubt the MVP of the Vikings defense today. Um, Xavier Rhodes was all right, but unfortunately he got beat on a, on a double move. That was on the, the, uh, the diving, like, uh, b- bobbling catch by James Jones. Later on in the game, which was one of the one of many daggers throughout the game, just beat on a double move. Huge frustration. It's like every again, every bounce of the ball went the Packers' way. Call after another, non-call after another, pretty much led to a Packers victory again. Same old story for the Minnesota Vikings against the Green Bay Packers. Regardless if we play there or in Lambeau Field, it's kind of like the same place anyway. Though I guess it's just a little bit louder over there. That's about the only difference. Ah. <laughs> uh. You just come out of this game hating the Packers even more than ever, and unfortunately, I guess we're we're envious and jealous of them at the end of the day. I guess that about chalks it up, doesn't it? It's like you can't really have a detail uh, detailed review of this game other than Clay Matthews was constantly coming up to Adrian Peterson, Teddy Bridgewater pressuring him time and time again, Julius Peppers, all these other guys, Sam Shields. You know, just he ended up recovering a fumble. There's another huge key of the game part of the game. Ended up recovering a fumble from Adrian Peterson at a point when the Vikings looked like they had hope. They were far in Packer territory. They were still in the game, and he fumbled the ball away. And that pretty much was another another one of many daggers for the Green Bay Packers. Oh goody. Wayne Larrabee got to say it again. And there's your dagger. I don't know how many times he must have been able to say it today, but I was afraid to listen. Oh, and I forgot one more thing, too. Hmm, might as well mention this, too, before we before we get out of here, Cordero Patterson makes a 52-yard uh, kick return. And I know other people have talked about it, but it is what it is. 
Makes a 52-yard kick return. Cool. Now we got something going, kind of, sort of, even though the game's already, like, not going well at all. And then he headbutts, he headbutts, uh, he headbutts the punter of the, uh, or no, it was the kicker. He headbutted uh, Mason Crosby. It wasn't a punt, it was a kickoff. Headbutts the guy. It was a very mild headbutt, but still, it was still a headbutt. And great, thank you, Cordell. I mean, talk about no good for nothing. That pretty much sums up Cordell Patterson in a huge, huge way. So with that, I better hand out the weekly award and demerits for the Minnesota Vikings. Well, the Fran Tarkinen Award, it's definitely going to go to the Zebras for the Green Bay Packers. I guess that would be the uh, um, Brett Favre Award, since they're going to retire his number. That'll be the Packers' Brett Favre Award. That, that goes to the refs. Yeah. No. <laughs> Fran Tarkinen Award today, it's got to go to... Uh, I keep doing this. It's going to go to Linval Joseph and Kyle Rudolph. In fact, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it to both of them. I mean, Linval Joseph is just a... He is definitely having a pro ball season. And way to rebound after an extremely frustrating week and a pretty damn frustrating season for Kyle Rudolph. He gets a Fran Tarkinen Award. And the Christian Ponder Memorial, the worst player of the week. The biggest disappointment is going to go to the entire offensive line, but featured by number 75, Matt Kaleo. Injured toe or not, you are a Christian Ponder Memorial winner, which he was a world champion of last season. Huge disappointment by a mile last year until Cordero Patterson took over and won that award at the end of the season. Uh, Matt Khalil, my goodness. Mm-mm-mm. Get healthy or get off the field, basically, when it comes to Matt Khalil. Because if he's hurt even a little bit, it's game over, baby. It, it really is. Uh, this may have seemed like kind of a mess, but this was such an emotional game that it, it, it's kind of hard to be organized with a game like this. I mean, what, what are you going to be organized about? There's like 700,000 things you want to rant about. And a couple of little positive things here and there, like the Kyle Rudolph touchdown, uh, Bridgewater being fairly sharp, despite, yeah, okay, you, you get the idea, despite the 9 million other frustrating things going on. Plus the fact the Packers, of course, played out of their mind, played played out of their minds today for the most part. So that's going to wrap up segment number one before I quote-unquote ramble on anymore. Let's get out of here, and let's come back for segment number two, NFL slash NFC North Roundup and Preview for next week, right after this. Do you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you could support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, NFC North slash NFL Roundup. So this segment will probably be a little bit more laid back than the first one. <laughs> a little bit more fun, I guess, and ho- hopefully there's some positivity 
going into next week. We'll see where things go from there. Hopefully this team can rebound after this such an awful game, and I'm sure they can. They're seven and three for a reason. Um, but ultimately, I, I guess I'll have a miniature rant once again because the Baltimore Ravens and Saint, with starting off with the Baltimore Ravens and uh, St. Louis Rams. I'll admit I don't know the details of the play, but it's just funny. So happens that uh, a game in which Greg Williams was the defensive coordinator, of course, of the St. Louis Rams again, which serves them right that they lost this game to the struggling, super struggling Baltimore Ravens, whose season is definitely over now. Uh, they lost today, or yeah, they lost today to Baltimore, but Joe Flacco will now miss the remainder of the season with an ACL tear. And ultimately, well, that raises the question. An ACL tear with Greg Williams as the defensive coordinator of the St. Louis Rams. Hmm. Hmm, I, I guess I'll just leave that where it is, but the Baltimore Ravens, 3-7 and seven now, can't even imagine the frustration of that team at this point in time. My goodness, like what the hell. Uh, another team that's extremely frustrated right now, and they'd be ranked under the Minnesota Vikings despite the loss today, and it really, man, boggles the mind what the Vikings would be today if they won this game. I mean, they would be, they would be far and away the number two seed. Well, not far and away, but they would be the number two seed in the NFC with the first round bye going into the uh, the postseason right now, say if the season ended today with the Vikings win. But, well, the Vikings would be the fifth seed today, but Atlanta would be the sixth seed after losing to Indianapolis today. I don't know about that. Mm. They lost to Indianapolis today. It was in Atlanta, too, 24-21. to Hmm. Uh, you know, and there might have been a time not that long ago, this could have been a feasible Super Bowl uh, matchup. With the way Matt Ryan was playing and, and uh, Mr. Andrew Luck continues to develop and such. But <clears throat> the, the, the Falcons have definitely been on the snide of late. And the the Colts have not really had a very good season. So, I don't know. The Colts beat Atlanta. Hmm. Uh, Jacksonville beat Tennessee 19-13. Woohoo. That's the battle of the bad. It's kind of funny. But Jacksonville's slowly creeping into that AFC playoff picture, believe it or not, because of that weak division. But uh, Indianapolis won, though, today. Uh-oh. Here's one that really makes me scratch my head. Philadelphia Eagles host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they get absolutely pounded, forty-five to seventeen. And the Bucks are in playoff contention. Hmm, I, I can't believe that. Forty-five seventeen. The Bucks are five and five, and they're actually in the hunt right now, along with the Seattle Sea Chickens, as we like to say. And it put Philadelphia, at least for the moment, out of the hunt. And well, they might as well be out of the hunt, huh? Uh, Jameis Winston versus Mark Sanchez. Man, uh, Winston looks unbelievable. Five touchdown passes, 131 quarterback rating. Lord, I mean, that guy is really dominating. And Doug Martin with 235 yards on the ground. Philadelphia's starting to look like the Oakland Raiders defensively. Hmm. I mean, putting up numbers, that's for damn sure. Again, just imagine if Teddy Bridgewater was actually healthy last week. Not a post-concussion situation going on there. We'll talk about the Raiders shortly when we review the Detroit Lions in the NFC North. Carolina's 10-0, 44-16, victory over Washington. 10-0, Carolina. Man, they're going to lose a game at some point. <laughs> Houston versus the Jets, meh. And the Houston Texans are starting to win some games, 24-17 there. Dallas beat Miami. They're kind of, sort of still alive. They're 3-7. and seven. I guess you never know. Carolina Panthers made the playoffs with a... Uh, 7-9 record last year. Tony Romo's back, and the Cowboys have won all three games with Tony Romo and lost all seven with him out. <clears throat> with Romo back, go figure. Maybe the Cowboys make a run into the postseason. You just never know.
Seattle beat San Francisco, no surprise there, and they're back in the hunt. Oh, goody, which scares me a little bit because the Vikings better take care of business in these upcoming games. It's not going to get any easier. The Chiefs roll over San Diego, and they're just about to <laughs> they're just about to uh, compete against Denver for that division. But I suppose we'll talk about Denver here in three seconds. Cincinnati and Arizona is playing in the background right now, and yeah, Cincinnati's winning right now. But well, go go Cardinals, damn it! <laughs> I hope the Cardinals win. So let's actually get to the NFC North now. Uh, let's go to Chicago one first, I guess. They lost today, 17-15, to the Denver Broncos in the post-Peyton Manning era. An unofficial post-Peyton Manning era, we'll call it. Osweiler, old Osweiler, Brock, Brock Osweiler. What kind of name is that? <laughs> I don't know. It's like he it sounds either like he's like some kind of creation in a, in a lab, like he's a machine or something, or he's from the South or something like that. Brock Osweiler, or, you know, something like that. He looked pretty good, actually. <laughs> he, he, he did look pretty good. And this was on one of the games pre-Minnesota uh, and Green Bay. I don't even want to talk about that anymore. Minnesota-Green Bay. Ooh, not until we beat them in Lambeau, anyway. Uh, Jay Cutler sucked against his former team. Did not really have a very good game. Not he was, He's kind of back to being Jay Cutler again, I guess. And Brock, Brock Osweiler's quarterback rating was almost 130. He was awfully sharp. About 75% completions. Two touchdowns. No pickoffs. Awesome game for them. Ronnie Hillman as well with over 100 yards. Denver's defense shined bright against Chicago. And the Broncos are 8-2 despite Peyton Manning being out for a while at minimum. If not, Osweiler is going to be taken over anyway. And uh, the Bears are kind of sort of out of the hunt again, I guess. Even though the NFC is still kind of a a mess. It's top-heavy, but it's kind of all over the place right now. Broncos still 8-2 though. They may end up. They just may end up with a first round bye after all over there in the AFC. Not sure what they're going to do after that though. <laughs> the Bears though, very frustrating for them. Uh, Robbie Gold made about a hundred field goals, and that's good. You know, good for him with five field goals on the day. But ultimately, that's what hurt the uh, Chicago Bears today was the fact that they couldn't really get in the end zone until very late in the game. Mm. Until very late in the game, and then of course they couldn't get the two point conversion which, unfortunately for them, ended up costing them the game. They would have tied the game. They ended up missing it. So Dylan's club over there and, and D-Fry, Chicago Bears fans, unfortunately for them, they're back to 4-6 and six now. And, and uh, Mr. John Fox loses to his former team. It's not just Jay Cutler, but uh, John Fox as well. And then the other one, last week's opponent, Oakland Raiders. I was kind of cheering for them to win that division where the uh, Denver Broncos are. I kind of thought the Broncos were going to tailspin, but they certainly survived today. <clears throat> eight and two record. It's kind of the the Raiders are going to have a hard time catching them because the Detroit Lions scored eighteen points again and won another football game. Go figure. Uh, they did it again. I I don't really know where to go with that one. They did it. Congratulations to the Detroit Lions. They're now 3-7. and seven. I guess you never know, but yeah, I'm not going to really go, go anywhere with that one. About 100 field goals from them as well. No, not, not 100, but a good number of them. Three of them for Matt Prater, and then ultimately uh, Matthew Stafford. Well, he didn't throw for any touchdowns. He ran it into the end zone, which ended up beating the Oakland Raiders. That was like the, the kind of unofficial dagger. They were only up by three points. Um... Oakland just couldn't get the job done down the stretch. I don't know. Uh, 
Derek Carr had one of his weakest games uh, of the year. He was only sacked once, but only completed 52% of his passes. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Hmm. Just a bunch of field goals for the Oakland Raiders. I kind of feel bad for them because I, you know, I kind of like that team, if you can't tell, the last week and a half. I kind of like that team. It's easier to root for them than any Green Bay, that's for damn sure. And uh, I don't know. Now they're kind of screwed. They're only four and six. I don't know. I, I feel bad for them right now. That kind of sucks. And, you know, I'm not going to cheer for Detroit. Why should I? <laughs> Why would I cheer for Detroit unless they're playing the Packers? That's pretty much about it. Or Seattle or somebody like that. Um, the Raiders did wind up with four sacks. See, that's the thing. They'll they'll uh, they'll give up points and yards here and there. But there but there are some good. Uh, there are some, there there is a nice pass rush on that team and go yeah, and good for them anyway. Uh, Matthew Stafford still nothing special, but at least he didn't get that turnover. And I think that's one of the reasons why the uh, Oakland Raiders did not win the game. They just could not get a turnover on that Detroit team today. So there it is. Detroit kind of sort of well holding some respectability now. They're, they've won two games in a row, and congratulations to them. Who knows what's going to happen? So ultimately, now we head up into next week. And that ultimately is the Atlanta Falcons, the team, that, <laughs> the team that's been losing a couple games of late. Who the heck are these Atlanta Falcons? <laughs> well, they again, like I was saying, they lost today. To the Indianapolis Colts, they're all the way down to six and four now. Remember, they were like they were six and zero, weren't they? No, no, they were five and zero. They lost to New Orleans, thirty-one to twenty-one. Then they beat Tennessee. Yeah, that's basically like who cares? It's one of the worst teams in football. Ten to seven. They only mustered ten points against the Tennessee Titans. Then they lost to Tampa Bay. At the time, I remember thinking like, what the hell? They lost to Tampa Bay. But now it's like, well, they lost to a pretty good team. And then they lost to San Francisco. Wow. They go into the bye, and then they lose to Indianapolis. So, I don't know what to make of this team. Um, unfortunately, it's a road game for the Vikings. The good news is the Vikings' road record has dramatically improved. The question then becomes, will they <laughs> will they continue that trend? I hope so. I think the Vikings can beat Atlanta. And a game like this, if the Vikings go into Atlanta, Georgia, and win, I think that really, obviously makes their playoff chances incredibly high because Atlanta is in the playoff hunt. Right now, again, they would be the sixth seed. Seattle's knocking at the door. You gotta win this game. You gotta win this game. Atlanta has got to win this game as well because if Atlanta loses this game, they're just about screwed because Tampa Bay and Seattle are knocking on the door. Tampa Bay Buccaneers hold the tiebreaker at this point in time over the Atlanta Falcons. And unfortunately for Atlanta, after playing Minnesota, they would have to go to Tampa Bay after that, which would be like the biggest must-win of all right there because Tampa Bay could get into the postseason at that point. Then they got to go to Carolina, and then they play Jacksonville. Eh, in Jacksonville, though, you never know there. And then and then they get, and then they host Carolina again after that. Boy. So Atlanta, this is an absolutely, positively must-win game for the Atlanta Falcons. Today was a must-win game for the Green Bay Packers if they were going to win the division. And you never know, maybe they completely implode after today if they lost the game and were 6-4. and four. Damn it, I wish this was the Packers right now, but unfortunately it's not. Ugh, it could have been. They would have been the, they would have been the sixth seed pretty much in the uh, NFC or the fifth seed. The Packers would have been, the Vikings would have been number two. Um, but Atlanta is in the same situation. And are they going to come out firing on all cylinders or are they going to keep struggling? I mean, obviously, the hope for Minnesota is they are going to keep struggling. Matt Ryan started out the season unbelievably. 
unbelievably, but then he struggled of late. He's down to he's got twelve touchdowns, but now he's got seven interceptions along the way. Quarterback rating went from the hundreds down to ninety two, almost three thousand yards passing. Uh, Devonta Freeman is a really damn good running back, though. In fact, he was like number two behind Adrian Peterson coming into this week. Nine touchdowns on the ground. Ouch. And Julio Jones is about as good a receiver as there is in the entire NFL. Over a 1,000 yards already, again, before today's game. Six touchdowns for him. My goodness. So you're going against an offense that can really, really kill you. And I'm going to have a hell of a time predicting the Vikings to win this game, unfortunately. I want to believe they can. I, I Again, it, it's another week where it's really hard to predict because the Packers were struggling so much. But then, of course, it's a must-win situation. It must win. They had to win the game. But unfortunately, it, it has a huge effect on the Vikings by losing the game because we all know, you know, the Vikings' chances of winning the division are really low right now after that. Even though we have the same record as Green Bay, well, the tiebreaker, the momentum, all that, all on Green Bay's side right now, unfortunately. Atlanta, a similar situation where they need to win this game. And it is a road game for the Vikings. Ugh. I want to. I really want to pick a victory. And uh, I'm going to try to. I'm going to attempt to pick a victory. I'm going to attempt to. <laughs> I don't know, though. I, uh, it's like I, I keep bouncing back and forth. I was thinking about it late here before the before I started doing the show. Right now, if you really want an honest-to-goodness, to like doing it with my mind and not my heart, uh, right now, I, I that that loss today did not sit well with me. And now you got to go on the road against another desperate team. <sighs> Boy, let, well, put it this way. If the Vikings come back and win the game, it's very impressive, and, and they deserve to make the postseason. And I still think they can and will make the playoffs, but I don't know. Um, I've got a real crappy feeling going into this one, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta had a good game and uh, they ultimately win it. I don't. I don't know. I mean, the Vikings won the game back in way back in 1999 in Atlanta. I remember that one fairly well, but that's a long time ago. Obviously, <laughs> I don't even know why I'm even bringing that up right now. The Vikings' success against Atlanta has not been good over a while, and that running game, the way the the way uh, Lacey ran through the Vikings today, it scared the crap out of me. And who's to say Freeman won't do the same for the uh, Atlanta Falcons? Unfortunately, I'm going to go with a. 27 to 24 victory for the Atlanta Falcons right now. I hope I'm dead wrong, and I mean dead, 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 dead wrong. But right now, I'm going to have to think with my mind and not my heart. My heart says the Vikings are going to win it, but my mind says the Falcons are going to win it. So I'm going to stick with that right now for the time being. 27 24. Atlanta's offense just a little bit too much, and of course, the whole home game factor and the home call, home hometown call, all all that nonsense. Even though the Vikings didn't get that today, but I guess, well, Green Bay and Minnesota are so close, there's no such thing as a hometown call until you get to Lambeau Field. Then then there is. <laughs> it's just, that's just how this league works, unfortunately, for whatever reason. They they love the Packers, man. I mean, the, the NFL would die if the Packers didn't win today. It just seems like that, doesn't it? So, ultimately, that's what I'm going to go with. I, again, I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to see the Vikings be 8-3, and three, but right now I think they'll be 7-4. and four. And then after that, well, you can only hope for the best for the Vikings. I, I, 
After that, the Vikings would host Seattle. I think I think they'll win that game right now. I think they can win. That's a must-win game, absolutely. And I think the Vikings would win that one at Arizona. Not sure. Not sure. <laughs> That's a tough one. Home for Chicago. Win. New York Giants at home here in the in the TCF. Like again, like I'm saying. I think that's a most likely win, and then at Green Bay, well, it's a you you better make up for it and win that one. But I don't know, far away and impossible to predict at this point in time. So we'll be back for the fan interaction. It's time for you guys to take over and get pissed off at the Packers and pissed off at the performance of the Vikings as well. After this. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction. Yeah, I'm going to get this show out Sunday night. So, yeah, <laughs> I was thinking of just uh, holding this off for a little while, but you know what? I think I got a lot of posts in here, and it seems to have died down a bit. So, and I, I'm not anticipating a call, haven't heard from anybody. So, I'm going to let this, uh, I'm just going to get this up tonight. So, just letting you know. That's why uh, this came out on Sunday, even though I said I might hold this off till Tuesday. So here we go. Let's continue off from um, where I was, where I said, oh, Pro Mafia episode number 201, Newman's Black Hole, when we were all happy and optimistic. Oh, wasn't that a nice feeling? Hmm. Wasn't it, though? Mark Carlson said, listening right now, Bears Mafia. Ha ha. Yeah, it, it was pretty funny. Because, yeah, I was talking about the Bears a lot and kind of happy for him. Now look at him. Hmm. Gerald Spring is saying, great show, Joey. Listen, on my way to Kearney, Nebraska, in the snow. We are not on the same page as far as Patriot supporters, though. I was bummed the Giants had... I was bummed. <laughs> the Giants had their number once again. But as Denny would say, we let him off the hook. We let him off the hook. Yep. <laughs> yep, the Giants let him off. And you know what? I like the Giants. Don't worry. It's just that I you know, really like the Patriots, though. And... Maybe the Giants will come to the rescue and knock Green Bay out of the playoffs again. That'd be awesome. And one final thing, too. Remember the whole Bears Mafia thing? You know? Well, how fitting is this? I, I got a... Uh, what is it? I got... See, one of the mornings this week when I couldn't do lawns, I went to... I got like a McDonald's hash brown. And it comes with those little stickers. And you know the whole uh, Mike Ditko... Oh, he got a Packers one. And now he's wearing a Packers sweater and... And Jerry Rice is wearing the Cowboys jersey because he got the Cowboys one. You know how it's all like, oh, yep, they're their arch rival. They ended up getting that, so now they're a co- you know Jerry Rice is a Cowboy and Mike Dick is a Packer now. Blah blah blah. You know they're just BS and having fun with that in the commercial. Well, what do you think I picked in there? Speaking of the Bears Mafia, I, I just I loved it. I pull it out. There's that Chicago Bears baby. Chicago Bears. The sticker is still sitting in my car right now. <laughs> I hope nobody stole the the. The number there, but yeah, shoot, somebody could though, damn it. <laughs> I shouldn't even have given anybody an idea to do that, but uh, yeah, I pulled the Bears, so Bears Mafia, baby. I'm gonna, I should have changed the logo and, and wore a Bears sweater, you know, that would have been funny. Just just, just to add to the bit with the McDonald's commercials, I think that's one of the funnier bits that's been going around in, in a while. Since, I mean, other than Geico, they're like the only commercial out there that's actually funny. Like State Farm and all the others, not, not that funny really, to be quite honest. Uh, the farmers ones are funny, I think, but yeah, uh, purple mafia wearing the the bears shirt that would be pretty hilarious actually <laughs> I should have done it I should have done it man uh Vikings versus Packers in game thoughts well, lots of f bombs uh me and Justin Mayor Henry and others were just irate during this game. There was a lot of fall colors on the field and it wasn't and it wasn't in the Vikings favor. 
There was a lot of zebras and uh, fall colors were all over those fields. They were all over the field right there today. And it just uh, pissed me off. It was really in need of a fall cleanup. It really was. And Vikings failed in that fall cleanup attempt. The Packers did that job, unfortunately. 126 comments during the course of that. That might not seem like a lot to some people, but my goodness. Uh, Josh Meyer Henry, Justin's brother out there. Yeah, I hope, oh yeah, it's nice to see him posting on here. Very cool. He was saying, um, so I'm kind of jumping in later on in this because that's when it gets to be more post-game-ish. Josh was saying, F the NFL and the refs. Justin Meyer Henry saying Crosby was killing it today. Mark Carlson out of Iowa. Now, the, the Mary Henrys are from uh, Colorado, I believe. Yep. Um, yeah, Mark Carlson is saying it feels like midnight, and we need a spark of life in this team. Justin saying the pressure on Teddy today killed his production big time. Hard to watch. It it really was. It really was. And Josh saying very hard, very hard to watch. This is as hard to watch as the first game of the season. And, yeah, that stupid 49ers game. Yep, and I was talking about how the show might not be released, but I, I don't know why I put will not. I should have put may, may not. I apologize for that. Uh, Mark Carlson saying always cool with that. So yeah, this show will be up earlier than most of you probably were expecting. In fact, all of you, and I apologize if it's kind of like annoying that I'm changing everything. Uh, well, let's see. Mm-hmm-hmm. Brett McCarthy saying O-line sucks. Teddy, Teddy is under siege all day. And Luke Rasmussen saying, Late games, how long does it take to produce a 20-minute podcast? Please record, save, upload, right? 20-minute podcast, huh? And yeah, Tony was uh, Tony Coleman was saying, 20 minutes? Have you listened to Pro Mafia lately? More like an hour. Take the time you need for, for a good show, Joey. I'll wait patiently. And yeah, it's going to be an hour, all right. It's already about 50 right now as I'm watching that thing scroll around on the screen here. I don't know, uh, Luke, I don't know if he listens or not. Yeah, Luke Rasmussen, yeah, we went to school together years ago. He's uh, two grades older than myself. He's in my brother's uh, class. Yep. Uh, does he? Uh, and I think he might be saying 20-minute podcast because Luke, uh, for some strange reason, is a Packer fan. I don't know what happened because I know he's from Minnesota unless I'm completely blanking on his history. I'm pretty sure he's from here. I, I don't know what changed or if he's always been a Packer fan or what the deal is, but... I'm guessing he's being sarcastic in terms of, like, it's only going to be 20 minutes now because after this one, you're not going to want to say anything. I'm pretty sure that's what he meant there. But, <laughs> and I'll say on the air, happy birthday. It's uh, uh, Tony's birthday, Tony Coleman's birthday. And I'm really sorry that things turned out the way it did. I mean, that's, but uh, it sounds like he had a pretty happy birthday otherwise, though. He was saying how the icing on the cake would have been, the Vikings beating Green Bay today would have been a huge icing on the cake. And I'm sorry they let you down today. I mean, they let us all down. It was extremely disappointing. But uh, again, happy birthday to Tony Coleman indeed. And I was saying I was, uh, and I actually posted in the post-game thoughts. Malcolm clicked like in there. I don't know if he commented. Uh, Hopefully. I missed hearing from He says, uh, I'll open up this time by reiterating, what I've been saying for the last hour, I feel absolutely ripped off, and I and I would like my Sunday back. Now we get to go back to work tomorrow, yay! And that's exactly how I do feel. And the one other thing that was driving me nuts, which generated up some reaction here, was saying I just love hearing "Go Pack Go" in TCF Bank Stadium. Just love it. I won't say any more because I will get in huge trouble. And again, read between the lines. And no, I'm I'm not gonna say anything. It's Stupid to say it, say anything, so I'm going to leave that alone. I, I really am, and I shouldn't even be thinking any of this stuff. But my disdain and my frustration 
is off the charts. And when my competitive juices start flowing and the game goes that direction, I'm telling you, and, and as obnoxious as that fan base is, as obnoxious as those players are, like Randall Cobb is, man, you know, every time he makes some kind of play, he's got to make a big scene about it. And it drives me nuts. And that, that spike in the ball after the sack, the reason, the, the reason why that wasn't called for a taunting, I have no freaking idea. No idea whatsoever. Zero idea. So let's continue. Uh, Justin Marion was saying that was driving me nuts. Mark Carlson saying that was upsetting here too. Way down in Iowa. Tony saying I get so aggravated that a home game against the Packers is never a home game. Blah. And yeah, that's pretty much right there. That sums it all up right there. It's never a home game. Every time the Packers make a big catch or, or this or that or a sack is... And it's a big, loud cheer in our stadium. Does that not piss you off beyond belief? Don't you feel like you're getting invaded? Again, I'm going to leave those topics alone. Uh, Justin Mayor Henry saying, we will just have to beat them the last game of the regular season. That's an optimistic thought, and it's also like a, you know what, yes. I really hope we do, Justin. I really hope we do get the job done there. Let's kick their butts. Let's absolutely kick their butts, man. Justin continuing in the main in the main thread saying I'm not going to blame the refs. They didn't help at all, but that O-line was hanging Teddy out to dry all day. Peterson was a stinker too. Ponder Memorial goes to that O-line. Yep, you hit the nail on the head there. As far as Fran Tarkin award, the squirrel from the first half was the best part of this game and damn it, I almost forgot about that. Good thing you mentioned that. That was cool. It was fun how they showed that covering everything here on Fox Sports, here Fox Channel 9, or not Fox Channel 9, but Fox. They're covering everything. <laughs> All the way down to the squirrel running down the sidelines, and he was staying in bounds too. It was pretty impressive, actually. Pretty impressive. Brett McCarthy saying, we looked flat. Offensive line was terrible. Teddy was under siege all afternoon. No run game. Need to go shopping in the offseason for linemen. Yep. Packers. Defense looked like superstars. Think we took this game too lightly. I really hope that that's not the case, Brett. I I don't think it is, but if it is, boy, boy, do they deserve to get the crap beat out of them in the locker room and uh, all week in practice. Because, you know what, that Atlanta game, as much as it's a must-win game for the Atlanta Falcons, Vikings need to win that game. It would, it wouldn't, it would not heal the wound from that Packers loss. It certainly wouldn't, but it would help. It would help to put the Vikings in a secure position of making the postseason this year. The Vikings should make the playoffs, and to me, if they don't, I'm going to be really pissed off. And before I continue, well, I'll say this really quick. Uh, Zimmer, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll finish Brett's line here. He says, Zimmer got to get his boys primed for payback in Packerland. Yep, and that's then the, the final game of the season there at the end of December. Post-Christmas, man, but no. I mean, I'm, I got my new tree up right now. There it is. <laughs> Unfortunately, for the first time in my life, I don't have a real tree. But I'll leave that whole story alone. That's just my business and not anybody else's. Um, uh, what was I going to get to? Oh, no. I'm losing my train of thought here. Uh, here it is. Yeah. Okay, the fan interaction on the local shows... From the people calling in, not not necessarily the hosts. The hosts, well, the hosts were the hosts were being a little bit too nice too, I think. But to hear what I heard from some of the early callers, most of you're going to think that uh, Joey's about to say, "Oh, they're too negative." No, no, they were too positive, and it pissed me off beyond belief. 
because for them to call it, hey, this team has been overachieving all year. So what you know, this is you know, we're not supposed to beat the Green Bay Packers and blah blah blah. You know what? When you're seven and two, and you're at home, and you're playing as well as you are, and the Packers are playing more, as poorly as they are. Don't give me this BS like, hey man, hey man, this team is overachieving all year. We need to relax. You know what? Okay, I get that you're coming in with a positive point of view, and that's really nice. And yes, the Vikings are still 7-3, and three, which is nice, but it's the same BS I heard 20 years ago back in 94. Oh, we're still 7-3 and three, though. It's a good record. But you gotta win the damn game. You just, you gotta win that game. You're at home. And in that case, the Vikings were hosting the New England Patriots, or not hosting, they were in New England when they were freaking awful. They were awful back then, man. You gotta win that game. I mean, 8-2 and two and 7-3, and three, there's a big difference. I, I don't know what it is, but there's some kind of mental thing with 8-2 and two versus 7-3. and three. It is an unbelievable difference. And when it's the Green Bay Packers at home, a momentum center for the rest of the season, you gotta win that football game. I don't care if you're underachieving or overachieving, you gotta win that game. The expectations go up, in my humble opinion. So I, I do not like to hear that classic hometown Minnesota uh, uh, hunky-dory Flowers and roses, ducky bunny, bull crap. I can't stand it. I can't stand that crap. I think that's how you never win championships when you think that way. Expectations should be a little bit higher than that. I'm sorry. Robin Sullivan from Brooklyn Park. That's a very familiar city as to where I am right now. <laughs> Not too far away from here, apparently. Says uh, when the Vikings touch a Packers player. Yep, and it's a picture of a referee with about six, uh, about six flags on the ground. Unbelievable, yeah. I mean, unbelievably frustrating. Uh, yeah, that's basically when the Vikings touch a Packer player and when the Packers touch a Viking player. Play on, baby. Play on. Stop complaining. Still, I play on. Yankee saying the O-line was crap and made Packers look like a superstar team going at Teddy and stopping the run. Yep, that's up. That defense could be better, especially that drive. They gave the Packers so many chances, so many penalties. That game had me grinding my teeth. Arrgh. Mark Carl said, yep, I, I love that. I love that comment. That's a star candidate, Yankee. Star candidate. Uh, Mark saying, next time we play, let's bring all the firepower. Put Rodgers on his knees and spike the ball on his helmet. And Todd Grunley in with a, with a gem saying, flag. Yep. <laughs> Yep, that was a gem. And yeah, and both of you right there, that was a gem. Gerald Sring saying, nothing worse to start your week by pulling down your little girl panties. And yep, and being down your leg to the team I absolutely can't stand. I can't stand Rodgers. Yep, and this is this is definitely star candidate here. The arrogant and stupid fans. Yep, star candidate. <laughs> okay, I'm just about done ranting. I just hate losing to the gay cheese heads. <laughs> I'll be over it in a couple days, like I always do. Then a couple more days to build up my confidence again. Seasons not over just yet. <laughs> I love that. Oh, Malcolm McSween saying out of, out of California. And welcome back to the show, Malcolm. Saying once again, the Vikings turn to stone once the sun goes down. It's so weird. Yep, yep, exactly. Yes, the old night game curse. And this wasn't officially a night game, but it was a late game, and, and it sucked. Yeah, and, and I don't know, it seemed like whenever we're in some kind of a major primetime situation, which this game really was, we always lose. We always lose when Joe Buck is the freaking commentator because 
it's always the biggest game of the week or whatever. And, and especially though, you don't want to be you don't want to be on Sunday Night Football with that little NBC flower there. You do not want the Vikings in that game. <laughs> it's so frustrating, man. I, I I don't remember the Vikings winning uh, a Sunday Night Football game. Maybe long long ago in a galaxy far away, but. I'm getting. I, I'm trying to remember when that was. Uh, I think over the Chicago Bears. Yeah, but that might have been a Monday night game. Monday night game. That's what it was. Over the Chicago Bears helped them win the division in 2008. That's I think the last time we won a big night game. But of course that was all for naught because the Vikings were the weakest division champion team that I've ever seen that year. That, that was not an impressive football team to me, other than Adrian Peterson and Jared Allen. I mean, when you have Tavares Jackson as your starting quarterback or Gus Farad. I'm sorry, I'm not going to take you too seriously. I, I'm just not. You know, I mean, I, I'm too experienced for that. I'm sorry. And that's why when a lot of people were saying the Vikings will be fine, it's just uh, there's still a lot of football after the, at the end of the first half. I knew they were not going to win the game. It, to me, it was plain as day. I mean, it was like plain as day the Vikings were going to lose the game with the way that first half went. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I was telling, I would have been shocked if they won that game. And they did not win the game. And I'm not trying to sound smarter than anybody else. It's just experience. It, it's experience. This is the Packers and, and the refs and all that crap. It's experience. I just know how it is, man. It's like, say, you're, you watch a stock behave the way it does for like 20 years, and it's like a similar pattern every single time. You're going you're gonna to know the pattern. I'm sorry. Like, if, if the stock has a very repetitive pattern to it, you're going to know it. And Vikings-Packers has a pattern, man. I'm sorry. I, I really am, again, not trying to say I'm smarter than anybody because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really not trying to. Um, hmm, I thought I clicked like on these. So let's go to the, uh, the the Twitter account. Now, this was the Facebook page. I don't even know if I said that, which is terrible. Facebook page. Search on the t- Facebook uh, search bar, Purple Mafia, Minnesota Vikings Show. Click on the one that says company, not group. Company, not group. And then click like on the page, the main like, like like the page, basically. And then boom, you're in. Wouldn't that be great? For Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, and the feature guy for <laughs> for the Twitter account generally is Dave Martin or Mad Martin out of Scotland. Love to hear from you always, every week. Just fantastic. Always a star candidate. Um, he was saying he was hoping for points on that drive. We need to start knocking nails in that package coffin. Oh, I wish we could have. And that was real early, too. Unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Yep, and then Dallas Deisenbach, who I'll uh, post on here sometimes saying, yep, Wallace irks me to no end. She was saying that to myself and to Mr. Dave Martin. And yeah, I mean, w- without a doubt. And I was joking about if you can't complete a pass to Mike Wallace, you might as well hand it off to him. <laughs> ah, Mad Martin was saying uh, Norv was working his own magic. Yep, he's just kind of making fun a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, and the offside calls, one thing after another. Yep, I was ranting about Joe Flacco, and Dr. Nosmoking was saying, um, oh, okay, I, kn- I thought I knew that name. Yeah, like I know him from Brave the Wild, I think. I didn't even favor what he said, so I uh, sorry about that. I think he listens to Brave the Wild, maybe he listens to this show as well. Brave the Wild's a Minnesota Wild show that needs to get released again. I kind of put it on hold during this busy month, but uh, it'll be back very soon. Uh, he says, same guy that broke Forsett's arm, pushed the O-line... And into Flacco Donaldson. That's on the uh, the uh, um, St. Louis Rams. So yeah, it was a push. Yeah, I mean, it pushed into him. Yep. So that's how Flacco got injured. And ultimately, Donaldson, that big name uh, prospect now, that's become a, one of the better linemen in football. Uh, 
Yeah, son of a gun. Um, let's see. Impressive play from Teddy. Yeah, and it really was. Yeah, he had some very impressive plays ultimately. Uh, this is where it was. BG said it looked like Flacco's man rolled on his ankle. So, But the question was, was he pushed by Donaldson? So kind of lots of back and forth there. Uh, Mad Martin was saying QBs are going down fast this year. Don't think I can remember a year where so many backups are playing. Yeah, I mean, there have been some funny years. I'm, or sometimes just the backups took over because the starters were so sucky. Like Minnesota's Gus Farad and uh, in Tennessee had, um, uh, what was his name? Kerry Collins. I remember that back in 08, leading the way. Is that Kerry Collins is still playing? Wow. Gus Farad never played a, another down after that because he got pissed off and wanted a contract and the Vikings didn't give it to him and no one else did either. It was kind of odd how that turned out. I don't know if he wanted too much money or what his deal was. Um, Mad Martin was saying it's a spotlight game and we all know what happens in them, but not today. We get a win. Think winning. Yep. Yeah, that's a huge thing right there. Lacey's been garbage all season, but he was awesome today, unfortunately. Purple People Podcast liked my tweet and I was saying, I hate hearing all this noise from these damn bagger fans every time they come here. And it's true. And uh, Dave Martin was saying, should be banned at the state line and those and those in Minnesota deported. I love it. I love it indeed. Um, here we go. Jeff Lubrand was saying, is is this going to be another fourth quarter close or loss? Close or loss? Do they not want to win? Holding the Packers to field goals and not winning. Yeah, he couldn't believe it. And I agree. I mean, that was uh, very true. Did I not respond to him? Oh, no, I did. I was saying, so far it's been a scary performance with the exception of Rudolph's touchdown. And he says, uh, watching it watching it on here and not seeing much offense in the tweets. Can't lay down on these guys. Yeah. I mean, very true. And yeah, the Vikings, I was saying, oh, they could not wrap up Rodgers. Purple People Podcast tweeted me. Uh, they're saying, hopefully when the new stadium opens up, this stops being an issue. I give the assholes credit. They travel well. Wow, I like that. I like that. I, that's most likely Adam Carlson of the Purple People Podcast. Get me saying, I hate it. Yeah, he responded after he favorited it. So that was the same thing there. Still a little more to go. Mm, see, up, uh, Dave was saying too many penalties so far, and the slackers D means business, as does Lacey, and that was pretty much it. Uh, yep, I was saying unless there's dramatic, dramatic change with all these BS penalties and crummy play, we're not going to win this game. And yeah, I mean, I could just see it coming. And Dave basically said I was spot on. Let's see, I got to get up a little bit. Justin Pullman was saying, we're good. Second half is ours. Uh, I wish. It's just, I, I really wish. Uh, let's see. Dave Martin was saying, uh, lay, let's see, here we go. That's a good idea. Let's face it, Green Bay, we're bound to rebound at some point. Green Bay had to stop the rot, and they did that today. Um, and, and he said, and Lacey, 100 yards for the first time this year and a prime time game, almost a perfect storm for us. Yeah, that's very true. That's like a star candidate. Uh, he says, think we are at least a year away from being a very dangerous team. Not sure what to make of Wallace, a wasted free agency. And it's kind of looking that way, um, Dave. It kind of is. He says, go listen to Wineline. If they can figure out the O-line, we are a contender. We can figure out we can, we are a contender. Six sacks, 48 yards, lost, says a lot. That's extremely true. That's an awesome statement. I'm retweeting that right now as we speak. <laughs> that was an awesome statement there, Dave. So, 
There it is. That about wraps up the fan interaction. Sorry if I drug it out a little bit, but that's just kind of how it goes. And there was a lot of lot of good comments from you guys out there. Lots of emotion, frustration, and honesty. That's what this show is, you know? Emotion, passion, and honesty. Because it doesn't always have to be frustration, because you win sometimes, too. So in general, you call it passion. The passion is either frustration or or joy, like whatever it is. Intensity, baby. Intensity. This is an intense show, if you hadn't noticed. So... How are we going to get the stars out? That's going to be kind of hard. And it always is. It's always super hard. Oh, man. I don't even know where to go. Uh, man. I'm going to give the gold star to Tony Coleman. Not only is it his birthday, but he has a, he had a really nice, uh, really intense, like really to the, to the point uh, comment there in the Facebook page. Just awesome. He doesn't post much, but when he posts, they're super good a lot. And he's getting the gold star today. <laughs> and he, he, of course, is the well, uh, I, uh, one, one again. Like I always say, one of the original Purple Mafia uh, fans out there with with a faith and a, and a name and everything. There's so many out there that do listen that have never joined the group or page or, or tweeted or anything, and be very encouraged to do that. We really appreciate that. But yeah, Tony's getting the gold star today. Silver star is going to Dave Martin out of Scotland. Just uh, awesome, awesome, uh, passionate, all that. Love it. Uh, miss Sebastian and Brent today. Really miss you guys a lot. Um, the Bronze Star is going to go to Gerald Strang. He had another just f- phenomenal uh, comment in there. And again, those of you that don't get the stars, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, you, there's always a good chance you're going to get one the next show or so because, I mean, you, you, you comment, you have such good comments and, and such. It, it's obviously nothing personal to anybody. I just get a vibe here and there that, they, you know, this guy, this guy totally gets it. To, you know, this guy's getting the gold star today. And sometimes people really, 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 really stand out. Stuff like that. A lot of times you kind of all do, and it's really tough. But it's like, I just get a vibe as to what really fits the star. So, Tony Coleman gold, Mad Martin silver, and bronze to Gerald String. There you go. That sums it up right there. I want to thank all of you so very much for listening. This is going, uh, tomorrow's going to be the last day for the fall cleanups. And that's partially why I wanted to just get this done tonight. And again, I could tell the comments were dying down. There wasn't going to be a whole lot more coming. So, I'm, And I have time and energy. And I was kind of, sort of on a roll. Might as well get it done now and not mess around. So get, get her done. You know, I was kind of feeling the vibe. want to get this thing going. So I want to thank all of you again for listening. And God bless you. Stay warm. It's not going to be as cold this week. But then again, Thanksgiving is going to be an interesting day. And i got to say this before I leave, man. Happy Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. It really is. Because not only is it, the, is it just a wonderful holiday. I love the turkey. I love the feeling. But it's the start of the Christmas season. I hate the shopping. I hate the crowds. The music is good when it's not constantly on like a, a continuous loop. Maybe like a different different song. It doesn't have to necessarily be the golden oldies ones. Maybe bleed those in, but have other ones as well. Or just instrumental. I like the instrumental Christmas music better than the vocal music, to be quite honest. When it comes to Christmas, yeah. And, you know, I, I love when the, the holiday season starts. The Christmas season starts. And that, that's what Thanksgiving is. Uh, the turkey, the, the stuffing, the memories. Oh, the memories. And then, of course, the memories of the Christmas season starting. And I'm staring at the Christmas season right now. I mean, I'm staring at that tree. It is literally, 
I can almost reach out and touch it from where I am right now in my place. Cause I've never been able to record right next to a Christmas tree. And it, it's so cool. <laughs> this is so cool. You know, it, it's hitting me right now. It, it makes me smile. It, it really does. I mean, it's, uh, man, it, it's about, let's see, about approximately two feet away when I reach my hand out. And when I'm sitting still, it's approximately five to six feet away. It's lit up. There's no ornaments on it. I don't know if I'm going to put some on it or not. Usually, in the old days, it will always do. I always did. But just to stare at a Christmas tree, it just makes me smile. And I love when it's starting. The season's starting. I hate when it's ending. It's sad. Even though January means playoff football, baby. And, you know, the heart of winter. And I've always liked winter, actually. I've always liked it. But I really like December with the snow and, of course, and all that. It's so beautiful, the Christmas lights. There's just nothing like it, man. Nothing. So... There's many reasons why Thanksgiving is the best. But the turkey, the the vibe of it. And, it, you know, that whole Black Friday thing, it's gotten so out of hand, it just makes me pissed off. I, I hate that people have to work on Thanksgiving be it for Black Friday. Why is Black Friday being celebrated on Thanksgiving? Really? You know, or not celebrated, being, being uh, you know, being what it is on Thanksgiving. Like all the best deals are on Thanksgiving. What, what the hell? Well, again, stores just open at at 8, 9 in the morning on Friday morning and, and go from there. Why can't people, like, not camp out all night in the cold? Like, it's just stupid. I don't know. Just the whole thing. Let's just celebrate Thanksgiving. Don't go shopping on, on, uh, on Thanksgiving. And if you do, well, you know what? That's your opinion. That's your vibe. But me, duh, don't do not do it, man. Doggone it. Don't do it. Don't, don't feed the beast. That's just my opinion. You're free to do whatever you want, <laughs> obviously. I'm not going to look down on you, but doggone it, don't be don't be a part of it. That, that's, just, that's just my vibe. I don't know. I just feel like it's not worth to be a part of it. Just my opinion. All right, so <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy that turkey. And you know what? Think about the pilgrims a little bit, too. I know the media and the a certain group of younger younger generation wants to kind of demonize everything about the foundation of this country, and I'm tired of it. Let's enjoy the foundation of this country sometimes. You know, please, can we? Do we have to turn everything into, yeah, whatever it is. Do we have to turn everything into the here and now? And let's eat carrots instead of turkey and all that. I, I don't know. That's just not, not, not worth it to me. Enjoy the Thanksgiving. Enjoy your vibe. Sorry if I'm getting a little too opinionated at the end here. I'm just... I'm just, I don't know, I, I just go on little vibes at the end here, and I just want you to, uh, I don't know, just just want you to enjoy Thanksgiving traditionally and not turn it into uh, Black Friday and uh, just, like, screw all the turkey thing. Just just enjoy it. Enjoy the coming Christmas season. And, of course, uh, if you don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah coming up, Kwanzaa, all that stuff. So it's all up to you what you, what you uh, do. So there it is. Thank you again. God bless and good night.